Welcome everyone to LaRouge Rugby Podcast. My name is Dan Murphy, and with me always is the wonderful and amazing Derek Brissett. Derek, how's it going, buddy? Uh, not too bad, man. Yourself? It's been good. We, we've taken a little bit of a hiatus from the podcast to kind of live our lives. Derek's busy man. If anyone hasn't read it yet, he just put out an amazing article on Layman Sports interviewing uh, the, you know, the two men that have been running a big part of the Toronto Arrows. Uh, so really take a look at that article if you have a chance. But, uh, you know, we've got lots to talk about t- today, Derek. Um, so we're going to start right away. And the first thing I want to talk about is the under-20s trophy that Canada participated in uh, ended it about a week and a half ago. Um, it, was a, it was a kind of mixed bag result for Canada. And I think that's something that we kind of need to talk about. And the first question I have for you, Derek, is should Canada have done better? You know, coming into this, a lot of the uh, – write-ups about the trophy uh, tournament said that Canada was a contender to make it to the final and to be promoted. And, you know, they finished off the tournament with a record of two and two. Uh, what did you see? Was it, was it a strategy? Was it, you know, Canada just didn't have the talent to cut it out? What did you see from, from what you saw from the team? Yeah, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, like, I, I don't really know. I don't know if it's so much that you can be, like, they should have absolutely done better. Like, they certainly, I don't think we're in a position where you're, like, they should have been, like, walking away with the tournament or anything. So, I mean, just, like, losing games isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, I know you uh, had some issues with the uh, the defensive structure, especially in the uh, the Portuguese game. Um, so, I, I don't know if you want to, like, get into that. Yeah, well, and the one thing that, that really – confused me about uh, the way that they were playing. And you saw a little bit about it of it in their qualifying games against the Americans. And it, their the defensive line was so scattered. And it, it seemed, yeah. seemed like that they couldn't keep a structure defensively in those American games. You know, against, you know, in the first game against Samoa, it was a little bit better. And then it just kind of fell off a cliff in Portugal. And mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of have been discussing online and, you know, uh, th- there's a lot of people that have opinions on Reddit, but, uh, you know. Reddit's a wonderful place. Reddit's a wonderful place, how, uh, but, uh, you know, a lot of people were saying that maybe it was it was a coaching decision. Maybe it was something, you know, uh, a system that was put into place because, you know, there were a lot of really talented uh, players on this team, you know, a couple that are definitely going pro, some that, you know, have already had a cup of coffee with the national team, with the Sevens program. So that's the one thing that I saw that really – concerned me and I felt like it did a disservice to what this team could have accomplished and you know they kind of rebounded against Hong Kong and you know they really showed a really strong defensive structure um, that led to an attack attack game uh, in that game and also with Kenya but that's just kind of what I what I saw from from the team and and, and you know do you think that the rugby Canada needs to look at like a coaching change with the U20 program or do you think maybe with uh the Pacific Pride program with uh, new coach Jamie Cudmore. Do you think maybe that will help keep this this division more competitive and and, and teach these these players something that uh, you know we haven't had Pacific Pride uh, in a long time. So do you yeah. think maybe that'll help out as well with with what I'm worried about? And well, 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 yeah. Like I mean, I think so. I think obviously uh, you know Cudmore is a pretty uh, well qualified coach. He's been. Uh, you know, played a, played a lot uh, pro in France uh, in the top 14 there. Um, he's been coaching in France for uh, some time. Um, so, I mean, like, it's, you know, I don't 
like I don't know if it's necessarily something that's going to happen, but it's just an immediate coaching change. But I think I think part part of uh, like what rugby Canada needs to do to develop better. It's and even through things like Major League Rugby, uh, you know, Major League Rugby provides an outlet for more Canadians to be involved in coaching full time and stuff, right? So the league, the league can partially de- help develop players, but it can also develop the coaching staff. Um, and you know, by creating an outlet, uh, say like not by creating an outlet for those coaches to go play or coach in the professional level, yeah. you open up some doors for some of the guys that are maybe a step behind them to come up into the higher roles to fill their shoes, get their feet wet with some of the more like the more talented players, the bigger situations, uh, in order to come through. So it's like it's it, it's one of those things. It's like Canada is what, what are we right now? The twenty first ranked country. Twenty first ranked, yeah. yeah. So it's like it's it, you know it's one of those things, like you have to develop. Uh, like it's not just the players that have to be developed in Canada and get better. The coaches themselves have to get developed too. Yeah, and you need to you still you need to be providing them opportunities and stuff. And it's it's tough sometimes to say, uh, you know, like if that's if that's one of the things that you uh, you know people are um, like I said, uh, like unfortunately, I was away at a wedding up at a cottage with very little to no Wi-Fi access during the U twenty tournament. But uh, unfortunately, it's one of those things that I was. Uh, it was it was too too important to miss, so I did without some Wi-Fi, and um, so I didn't watch uh, any of the U- I didn't watch any of the U twenty games live. I kind of went back and watched them after yeah. I got back. Um, so, but it's uh, it's it was kind of tough to gauge like the immediate reaction when you're not watching it live with everybody. But like it's one of those things where it's like when you do look at it and see some of the people maybe mentioning the coaching the coaching structures, then it kind of comes back to if coaching's the issue, then like what. Is rugby Canada doing as a yeah, whole? Yeah, what are we? What are they doing to develop? Develop yeah, the, the coaches. Like, it's, not just, it's not just about like you know. It's it's awesome that a guy like Avery Oideman, um is playing professionally, um, even though I know he missed some of the games at the U twenties. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it's awesome that like he's playing professionally and the other uh, same with uh, Will Persilier. Like they're all getting those opportunities, to, more opportunities to play. But if you know, if we're questioning like the same, maybe like the structure and how how the coaches can get better. It's like, we got to gotta start talking about how do we actually make the coaches better? How do we make Canadian coaching better and everything like that? If, if we think it's ultimately a structure idea and, you know, hopefully bringing in Cudmore can, uh, you know, uh, can like lend itself to improving like the, the under 20 and uh, those programs like that. But uh, we'll see what happens. Derek, you just gave a very well-balanced and uh, well-thought answer that wasn't, fired up or emotional and that's what happens when you don't uh, watch a game and then immediately spew your opinion out no yes know? yeah exactly. that's that's the benefit but I, there's one thing that you did say that's that i really did like. these ref sucks takes come from. yeah yeah there, there were one one thing i did that you did say that i really liked is uh not only is cudmore a former player he has experience yeah. uh coaching at a high level in france and that's something that uh he, that's 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 experience there for him that he, he might not have gotten here in Canada if he decided to jump ship as soon as his his uh, coaching career or his uh, playing career ended. So that is that is something that I really like about about the the hiring of Kidmore. He's well respected, so maybe you know some of his former uh, uh, teammates might come back and give a hand. And yeah. so I think that 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 was a very good hire. Um, one of the questions we got um, also is uh, who do you think from this team 
would thrive in the MLR? You know, who who do you, who did you see that you know kind of think you think could step in and and, and play a uh, important role uh, for an MLR team? Uh does this count Will Persillier? I'm going to say I'm going to say not Will Persillier. Um, and not uh, this number six, uh, Quinton James, because they're both off at uh, uh, Stade Francais. So they're both away at an academy program. And I, I'll even kind of say not Brock Webster, maybe Brock Webster, because he's with the Sevens program as well. Uh, yeah. Well, he's, he's, not, he's, not, he's not playing. Yeah, he, he keep count. That's why not. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to, like, to be honest, I mean, I think – uh, Quinn Nawadi, I think, would be an interesting guy in Major League Rugby. I mean, obviously, he's played for the Wolfpack already, um, which you know is league and all, but like, it's still he's uh, has played at that pro level. Um, I think like he could be a guy that kind of like like he could probably kind of be like a guy like Oideman that could come through. Uh, like Oideman has clearly um, benefited from playing in Major League Rugby. Yeah, I mean, it'd, it'd be nice. Like to be honest, it's like there's not there's probably like a decent chunk of these guys that could actually play um major league rugby it's just you just kind of have to work on the development and stuff uh nawadi has that pro experience so i think if you were to kind of i i, I wouldn't mind seeing him in an mlr team um i don't but like it depends it also kind of depends on what team right because it's like i don't know yeah. like if we're talking like next year i don't know how many of these guys can like jump onto the toronto arrows immediately no but let's say let's say you're let's say you're the austin elite you know who have had their they're, they're, they've been kind of the Canada South, if you're going to call Seattle, Canada West. Yeah. They're, they're looking for, for a young upstart Canadian. You think that Naguati could really uh, fill their shoes there? Yeah, I mean, you oh, – yes. Yeah, I think why not? Uh, and, uh, I mean, you can't do worse than 0-16. So, um, at, <laughs> yeah. you know, at, at any point um, – at any point you do need some uh, – like you can use some help. Uh, I don't know who, yeah. who do you think could uh, make the jump there. Well, you know, there, there's two guys, and ironically, they're brothers. I think the Carson brothers, uh, Frank, who who played lock for most of the games, and Nick Carson, who played eight man. You know, I don't know what it is about uh, the West Coast of Canada producing locks and eight mans that are brothers. You know, yeah. with the Larsons, uh, but these guys were big. They were physical. They were you know uh, really able to get on their horse for a couple of really strong plays. Uh, you know, so I think that they would be uh, they would be a really interesting uh, uh, addition to any team, and especially Nick Carson. I think it, the last game that he played for, uh, when he went uh, played against Kenya, he really showed how strong of a support in in uh, in the offensive side of the game as well. Because I believe he scored a few tries. I might be wrong, but I really liked what I saw from him. Uh, we kind of mentioned uh, Brock Webster. You know, he's someone that you know. We'll talk about it later when we go into the Pacific Nations uh, stuff, but uh, fly half seems to be a continuing bottomless pit for Canada. So I would like to see Brock. It doesn't even have to be starting. I would like to see him get with the MLR team and just soak up yeah. as much experience as he can at this age and, and really, really get to develop. I mean, that would be a really, really cool experience for someone like him to, to yeah. be able to do. And, you know, put him, put him with Houston with, uh, you know, with uh, one of the best kickers in the league, and you know, a stalwart in in uh, in the league, that would really be a, quite an experience for him. Well, well, that's kind of like kind of what I wanted to ask you because I know I know you uh, got the chance to watch these games a little bit more in depthly than I did. Like, so like, who were like 
you know, like a handful of players that like really like impressed you from Canada tournament. Who, who impressed me? Yeah. Um, uh, the Carson brothers, I really, really, uh, I, I really liked watching. Uh, Will Persierlier, he's just incredible, you know. Yeah. Uh, but one guy that I really liked, and he kind of came in due to injury, uh, it's Avery Oiderman, but uh, Thomas Asherwood, you know, this greasy blonde mullet, and, uh, you know, he, he, I thought he he really impressed me with his uh, pace, of, pace of game and his kicking ability. And the, the one thing is just being a little bit more uh, deceptive. You know, he doesn't have – doesn't have that lanky speed of Avery Oiderman, and you know he's got kind of, you know, probably was one of the most deadly guys at the tournament before you know he got injured, okay. uh, so wasn't able to play as much. But I think Asherwood did a did a pretty noble job of uh, of taking up his spot at the 15 jersey, and I think he played really well, and I was really impressed by what I saw from him. Um, the other guy, uh, David Richard, as well, who uh, from Mississauga, he also had a strong tournament as well, playing uh, at the 14. Uh, Jersey, um, you know, the, the, all the guys that I'm talking about, most of the stuff I was impressed with was the offense, you know. Yeah. So I really did see a lot of uh, strong finishes from players, and a lot of that's from uh, Priscillier and uh, and uh, from Webster, kind of finishing those plays off. But uh, yeah, there there was a few people that really impressed me, and I, you know, again, I, I never want to come on to this uh, podcast and be the doom and gloom guy, but you know. <laughs> There, there are things that, you know, if you ever want something to uh, – if you ever want something to improve, I feel like there are ways to uh, to to move on. I think that's what we kind of got when it comes to the, those defensive structure things. Mm-hmm. But uh, the last thing, and we kind of talked about it briefly before this, and I'm interested about your opinion, and this has been something that's been talked about um, – online for for a couple days now um rugby canada and and uh, usa rugby are going to be having an exhibition game uh before canada and the u.s uh, face off and uh it is going to be the canadian university all-stars versus the collegiate all-americans um and the big question i had and i saw uh online is do you think it's fair that the canadian all uh, the canadian university all-stars are allowing Toronto Arrows to play. And if uh, you give me a second, so those include Pat Lynott, who came off the bench in uh, a few games as, as prop, um, Mitch Richardson that played a few games uh, for the Arrows, Marcello Wainwright, who he's probably the biggest name out of all these Arrows. He, he started a few games and also came off the bench for a few of them. And then the, uh, most of the Arrows players refer to him as the most underrated player in the league. Yeah, and then Riley DiNardo, who uh, came off the bench in a few games, especially at the beginning of the season when, uh, well, yeah, when before, Jamie McKenzie was away. Yeah, before before McKenzie showed up, DiNardo had quite a bit of playing time. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so should, should these guys be allowed to play? Um, realistically, uh, my answer to this is it depends on the rules that uh, are established. Um, so, like, it doesn't – uh, you said you couldn't really find if like the NCAA and U Sports have an actual direct link to yeah, it. Yeah, from the from the press release that that Rugby Canada released, they really did. Other than mentioning uh, the awards that Dave Butcher, the coach of Queen's University mm-hmm. and and the head coach for this game, has, 
there's been no talk about collaboration with U Sports. And for those who aren't familiar, U Sports Canada is essentially the NCAA of of Canada. Mm-hmm. But much um, and then, I, you know, USA Rugby, same thing. Didn't mention NCAA Division One. Didn't mention any kind of t- kind of collaboration. They just kind of released yeah. the roster and. So uh, unless someone else can correct me and, and prove me that I'm wrong, uh, this this is the first match of of its kind where officially Rugby Canada and USA Rugby have have pitched together and put these teams together. So you know I, I did see a lot of people get upset about this, and again that's why having Derek is great. Let's calm our expectations, our tempers down a little bit, guys. It's just an expect uh, exhibition game. Yes, there will be scouts there. Yes, they will be watching, but. You know, most of these guys, other than uh, Wainwright and Donardo, didn't see a whole lot of time. Why not near the end of the season? So, you know, the the one thing that you said is the only thing that you're really worried about is injury. Well, yeah, I think obviously, like, I mean, well, you never want to see anybody get hurt in any game. I know, uh, I think, uh, you know, like, Malazzo and Wainwright back playing some games with their clubs and stuff, too. Yeah. In, like, in the summer. So, it's like, I mean, they like, you don't want to see anybody getting hurt, but you also don't want guys to stop playing rugby. So, I mean, um, I think, though, the big thing for me with this game, especially from the American players, is the NCAA has some weird eligibility rules um, surrounding playing games that involve professional athletes. Um, so, obviously, if you have a Toronto Arrow on the opposing team, um you, you know you could be treading some fun waters uh with the uh you know with uh does this count as like this is this a game that involves professional athletes that's a good so, point um, yeah like, very from, good point like from from the perspective of at least for like i know like up here like up in canada here hockey's obviously a very big sport and there's a lot of guys that you know if you play a game in the chl it uh it just one game is all you need it ruins your ncaa eligibility and you can no longer play at any school in the states um there was a case i believe a couple years ago too where i think it was like uh i want to say it was like a finnish player or something was trying to come to the ncaa to play hockey and uh they said they couldn't because they played like because like in finland you can turn pro at the age of 16 or something yeah and it was like so he can't even so it was you know, he played a game uh, in without professional by NCAA standards. Uh, but on the other, the other hand of that is, I assume that USA Rugby, uh, USA Rugby, uh, Rugby Canada, U Sports, uh, the NCAA. Like, I'm assuming like they wouldn't be putting their players in a situation that could do that. Um, so I mean, ultimately, then like if. You know, ultimately, then, if like if they if the arrows can play in the game and they're still like they're going to qualify because like they're still in school or however they're qualifying for to to be included on this roster, then I don't see any harm in like letting them play. Um, if like all the off-field stuff is taken care of, yeah. Uh, but I, beyond that, I don't see any harm. Um, it's nice to see. Uh, apparently, I know uh, there's a handful of scouts from MLR teams that are going to the game. I hope every major league rugby team has a scout at that game, um, just because why would you not have a scout at that? Oh game? yeah. Um, and uh, like, it's just it'd be cool. Like, I hope the uh, I hope the game goes off well. I hope it's uh, you know a good solid contest. And uh, you know, if it it'd be nice to it'd be nice to like. I know. Uh, I've also seen a few people talking about how uh, the Major League Rugby doesn't have like a whole lot of 
like off season events and stuff set up yet to like you know keep people talking during the off season. And if you were to do something say like this every year and maybe be like uh like maybe at this point maybe not have to make, like I don't I don't really know how, how I would think of this like logistically yet. But if you were to maybe do something it was like yeah like a like a almost like a combine or whatever, but just ha- as like a game like the. Uh, yeah, Again, like the CHL does the top prospects game where they're just like, all right, the best undrafted players in the yeah. country. We'll put them in one game. Come watch. Um, yeah. same. It could be like, yeah, the best, the best collegiate uh, youth sports, the best collegiate youth sports players in North America. Just put them all on one pitch. Uh, let them go at it for, uh, and, you know, just be like a treat for the scouts. Fans can watch it. Uh, you know, if you actually, I don't think the game's being broadcast in Canada. It's on like that NBC Sports Gold yeah, thing. Yeah, no, it's just being broadcast yeah. in the states. We we can also talk about how the USA Canada games not on TV in either country live, but um, yeah, but TSN's got to show two CFL games and two TFC games on two yeah. different channels that are the same thing. So of course yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, like, it's like it's, what's the point? Like, sorry, anyone that's not Canadian, but the good majority of you guys are Canadians. Why? What's the point of having five TSN channels if four of them are going to have the two same broadcasts at the same time? It's ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. I get it when it's Sportsnet. Sportsnet does it by by region, and I get that. That's fine. TSN technically does it by region too, but it's just they call the channels one, two, three, four, five. Um, it's like I think like TSN four is Ontario. Or whatever, and they have like because of the N8 their hockey contract, I believe they had the it's always the league, yeah, yeah, game. but it's like, yeah, only those games, yeah, only TSM5 can show this. I'm not sure, I'm not quite sure how the breakdown is out on the West Coast. Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe TSN has noticed that more rugby fans are streaming their their stuff, it's more so used to having streamer stuff. We stream stuff because we can't watch it on TV. Yeah, so, I don't know. I, honestly, I I have no idea what TSN. In terms of like a production, they've done. A, uh, they they've always done a pretty good job. But yeah, in terms of like advertising, in terms of you know maybe it's it's the contract that that you know Rugby Canada wrote up with them that you know to keep it cost effective and not have to advertise a whole lot. But unless it's a World Cup thing, don't expect it to get advertised. No, yeah, exactly. and then and then you got this kind of stuff, which is just it's just I just find it ridiculous. You know, like, but I think uh, I think uh, I guess I was kind of like briefly I looked up and see uh NBC Sports Gold, mm-hmm. and it was like yeah, like it's just it's another streaming service that you have to pay like even in the states you got to pay like extra money for and stuff where it's like that's you know it's it's one of those things where. Like, to have it like I'm happy that it's being streamed live and it's available. And I mean, like I like if you pay for cable, you have as long as you pay for the TSN channel, you have access. You have to it. It. And yeah. Um, so it's not like you know, uh, at least in Canada, it's not like Canadian rugby fans have to shell out extra money. Yeah. Um, the issue with it that I think that kind of arises though is that like like me, you and me are gonna turn on TSN.ca on the laptops and we'll fire up this game. Um, the diehard fans are going to do it. You know, um, the diehard fans across the country, they'll t- they'll tune in. Diehard American rugby fans will tune in as well. It's like, but what you kind of lose is you lose, like, casual fans that don't want to put in necess- maybe necessarily that effort. You lose, like, a bar having it on just because the bar is playing TSN 
just in the background. Yeah. It's going to leave it on. You lose. And, you know, like that's as weird as that sounds like that's a way people can get interested in it. Just like, oh, yeah. And like, just because like, it's on and you see it. But it's like or even like, say, uh, you know, you were watching like whatever's happening on Saturday. You're watching the CFL game. The late, the late afternoon CFL game, and then it can roll right into a rugby game. You stick yeah. around and watch that. Uh, you lose that audience a lot. Like the diehard fans are going to watch it no matter yeah. what, because they'll find a way to watch it. But you kind of lose the the reach to like the more casual people um, by not having it on TV. Yeah. Um, but and, and say what you will about about the games being on game TV for the Arrows and for to an extent the Toronto Wolfpack. It's free, and you know what? If and this it actually happened with with my own father's. He was just scrolling through, seeing what was on TV, and then he noticed rugby, and then he's like, "Oh, that's the the rugby that that Dan was talking about." And then he watched an entire Arrows yeah. game one afternoon, and that's exactly like that's exactly what you're talking about. It was it was available, and it was it, he he's you know he's a big sports fan, not big at rugby, you know, and converting him slowly. It took him to an Arrows game, but mm-hmm. like. You know, like that. That's what that's what the sport needs. Is it needs it to be able to be accessible. But you know what? Yeah. Uh, we we got to move on because I think we you and I could talk about this for hours on end. Um, <laughs> so the yeah U twenties uh, kind of mixed bag result, but a lot of encouraging things to see. We're gonna move on now uh, to the Pacific Nations uh, Championship. So the first things first is who was uh, and this was kind of asked by Rugby United. Uh, Canada, and then a lot of people kind of re- liked it, retweeted it. Who do you think didn't get a good enough chance to show what they were made of? Who do you think that got cut that, uh, you know, really should have been given a second chance? Because I, I, I've got someone, and I want to hear what you have to say. And I'll, I'll pull up who got cut. Uh, give me one second. Yeah, let's uh, are we talking about the the initial forty four down to thirty one cuts? Yes, the ones that like didn't even that won't have won't be able to play in the uh, Pacific Nations Cup at all. in the Pacific Nations Cup. With so so cuts include that's an interesting rule too. The cuts include George Barton, Noah Barker, Paul Cellini, Dustin Dabrowski, Giuseppe Dutrois. Although I believe some of these people are still training in, in BC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doug Fraser, Andrew Ferguson, the Larson brothers, uh, Kainoa Lloyd, Dan Moore, and Nikai Penny. So off that list of guys who got cut, who was someone that you think deserved to stick around a little bit longer? Man, like that's it's the like that's the tough the tough thing about like that list is it's like I would like I would almost like to see every single one of those guys play a game at the Pacific Nations Cup. Um, I, I think that's a bit of the, like, I think that kind of goes back to what we were, we were sort of talking about with, uh, when Brock Stoller got cut is it's like the gap on, uh, or when Brock Stoller didn't make the team at all. And it's like, like, I don't know, like the gap between like the gap between some of those, like the say, like, if you have like a couple of the guys that you think are going to start and be in the starting 15 come World Cup time, the gaps between like the reserve guys aren't really that big. Yeah. And, you know, it kind of, it kind of like, it's, it's kind of a rough blow that, you know, you, these guys just aren't going to be able to play at the Pacific Nations Cup at all. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully you see some of them at maybe like that game against Leinster, um, or Leinster, uh, later in August. Um, 
George Barton, I think, is a little hard done by by not being able to uh, to show up. Nakai Penny, I believe, was on one of the major league rugby all star teams. Um, off the top of my head, I think I think that that sounds right. Anyways, um, he was that sounds right. I could be wrong. People send me a message on Twitter and yell at me if I'm wrong, um, which I mean I'm sure you, everybody loves to do. Um, <laughs> but uh, if uh, but yeah, like I think Nakai Penny, Dan Moore had an outstanding season for the Arrows. And he's got that position versatility too, um, so like that's a like that's a tough one. Paul Cialini was one of the better locks in Major League Rugby all year too. Um, yeah, so I mean, like this, there's a lot of guys that definitely there's a lot of guys that have a case to be on that team. I think you could, if you, I think if you really if you really sat down and did it, you can make a case for almost all of them to be included in the 31. Which is both a good and a bad thing. Yeah. So Nakai Penny was on the first fifteen. First fifteen, yes, I knew. Yeah. The seven, seven jersey. Dan Moore was the eleven on the on the second fifteen. Mm-hmm. Rob Brower was the the loose head, and Mike Shepard was the uh, one of the locks on the first team, and then Eric Howard was the the hooker on the second team. I think that's all the Canadians. Oh, yeah. Brock Stoller. And Brock Stoller was on the, the second team for the yeah, yeah. jersey. So. And, uh, yeah, but he was cut already. So yeah, We don't have to talk about him. We, we already gave our two pieces about Brock Stoller. Yeah, no. I'm, yeah, yeah I, uh, I, I'm pretty fired up about Dan Moore not getting a chance. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that people kept on like harping on is, well, he's a winger. Well, he's a winger. And it's like he played – just as many games. games, just as many games as a center, and he played that well. He played the, the defensive side of the ball and the offensive side of the ball extremely well. And he's a he's a thick boy for for a winger, and I think that's the versatility that you're that you're you're missing out on. And I think that's a mm-hmm. shame. And I think the other problem the thing that bothers me is, you know, uh, Jones, uh, Coach Jones has a thing for sticking Kinsley Jones has a thing for sticking with guys he's comfortable with you know so yeah. guys like Nick Blevins who has only been playing club rugby and provincial rugby is now on the bench in this in this game against the US and yeah you're telling me that George Barton who had a fantastic season as a center and Dan Moore who had a fantastic all-star season playing at center and at wing you tell me you couldn't use those two guys on the bench you're telling me Dan Moore couldn't offer just as much as Nick Blevins coming off the bench to cover either the wing or the center. Well, even at that though, like the issue with it is, it's like these guys are like can't play in any of the games of the Pacific Nations Cup. It's not that they just can't play here. Yeah, like, I think like, I think that's one of the things. Like you're trying to build a roster to the World Cup, and I think um, you know, like I, we talked about it on a previous podcast where I was said it's like unless your name is Tyler Ardron, DTH Vandermerver, Lucas Rumble. Uh, probably Taylor Paris. Um, like you should not feel safe about your position on this team, yeah, especially um, if you run into your teammate and knock both both you guys out of the game. Yes, yeah, yeah that's, that's um, let's yeah, we don't let's stop the friendly fire here, lads. Yeah, all for, I'm all for going going 100 percent at training, but uh, maybe maybe I mean I don't know. yeah man that's 100 yeah, is what ended my my season. I tried to be too much of a hothead and I sprained my ankle. Season's over. Yeah. You know? Come on, guys. Learn from me and not hurt yourselves at practice. 
Yeah, there you go. The uh, the left. Yeah, the wise words of Daniel Murphy, rugby coach extraordinaire here. Yeah. Uh, do not do not get hurt at practice. I actually I broke my arm at a practice in high school one time, Oof. and uh, our coach never did that drill again. Uh, <laughs> so that was. Oh yeah. So I mean, yeah. Don't break your arms. Don't break your arm. Yeah. Don't break your arm at all. Break your arms. Yeah, just in general. I broke my wrist once, and it sucked. Yeah, it, um, you can't. You 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 can't do it. It's it's yeah. not fun. Um, so, but yeah, like you shouldn't like, like, ultimately the point that we're trying to go back to before we are making jokes about <laughs> series, which probably isn't a great thing to be doing. No, we're, we're pretty um, awful people for doing that, but that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, we, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, like, I mean, hopefully they're all right and, uh, hopefully they're able to come back, um, soon, um, uh, hopefully at the very least within the Pacific nations cup. Um, but yeah, but you know, there's a lot of guys that you know. There's a lot of position battles that can happen, um, you know, and it's just uh, it's it's kind of kind of is a shame that you know you have to cut, you know, you have to um, cut thirteen or uh, yeah, thirteen guys right away um, that aren't going to that you know don't get a shot to play in the Pacific Nations Cup at all. Yeah, um, and uh, you know, hopefully they keep training and stuff. Hopefully they can make an appearance in one of the other tune-up games. Right, uh, you know, but. Ultimately, all those players are kind of you're at kind of like a three game handicap now, um, as far as like your own development and earning a spot on the team. So um, right. it is kind of rough, uh, but you know, ultimately someone's got to be cut, and no matter who it ended up being, we could probably have this conversation. We'd be able to make, you know, we'd be we'd be able to make arguments um, for the guys that got cut instead of them. Um, so unfortunately, it's got to be somebody. And, Damn it, Derek! I'm trying to be mad. Yeah, yeah. Mad, angry. Sorry, 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 sorry. That's okay. Girl, um, we talk about TSN more. You want me to get mad? I can be. <laughs> no, God, no. So let's get right into it then. So Canada plays uh, the U.S. in Glendale um, tomorrow. Tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Don't know what it is in Mountain. Don't ask me. Uh, starting lineup. Somewhere in between that. Somewhere in between that. Starting lineups, Huber Biden's at one, Benoit Perfirio, Cole Keith, Evan Olmstead, Connor Keys, Kyle Bailey, Matt Heaton, Tyler Arndron, Phil Mack, Peter Nelson, DTH Vandermerver, Kieran Hearn, Ben Lesage. Lesage? Lesage. Uh, Lesage, I think. Lesage? We should ask him. We should ask him. Connor Trainer and Pat Parfait. And the bench, benches, we'll talk about the bench in a second. Yeah. Uh, Starting lineup, who are you really going to be watching in this game for, for their performance? Peter so, Nelson at 10, um, for sure. Uh, you know, Ulster player typically plays fullback, can play, has played 10 in the past, but typically plays fullback. Yeah. And, uh, the Canadian the Canadian fly half position, that 10 jersey is wide open. So, um, well, you, you kind did, of, you see, did you see Brian Kelly's tweet today? He's he's waiting for for someone in the dentist office. I believe it was his his fiance, um, and he had a little statistic about how many fly halves DTH Vandermeer has played with. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm gonna pull it up for you, and you, you keep going because I, I do agree with you. I think that he that's a very interesting player to watch. Yeah, uh, well, yeah. So it's like so. I mean, I'm just ultimately like for one, he's you know he's an uncapped player, so that even adds more intrigue to it. Um, he hasn't, you know, he hasn't spent as much time, say, within, 
definitely hasn't spent as much time, say, within the Canadian system as anybody else that's on this oh, team. Yeah. Um, so it's like, you know, you're kind of getting a you're getting a brand new player leading up, you know, in the build up to a World Cup. He's going to get what three, four games or maybe three to four games playing with Team Canada before we dive into the World Cup. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, you know, it's it's uh, that's probably the like, I mean, like you have other guys on the DTH Vandermeer. Yeah, he's DTH Vandermeer. He's going to be good. Um, where I'm not really I'm not really worried about Tyler Ardron. Um you know, how he's going to play and stuff. But I think, you know, everybody, the other guys all kind of have to earn a, earn, like earn their spots and things. But I think Peter Nelson is the one that's just like, we, we've never even seen him in a Canadian jersey. You're kind of thrusting him into a very important position. Um, he hasn't played with um, these guys a whole lot. Um, just uh, I think he just kind of, for those reasons, kind of becomes the most interesting player on this team um, for tomorrow night. Right. And I, I agree with you. I think that he will be very interesting to watch. Um, for anyone that's, for what it's worth, anyone out there, Rugby Pass, which is a pretty useful tool for um, keeping statistics for certain players, um, they have him currently as a fly half. Now I don't know if that's updated because of the Canadian stuff, uh, but that statistic I was I was telling you about. So DTH will be playing in his 56th Test match this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And he he would have played with twelve different fly halves, um, <laughs> and that's just who are they? Oh boy, oh, oh. it's funny actually. Right. I think DTH actually said it. So da, da, da. Uh, Edward Fairhurst, Shane O'Leary, Nate Hiriyama, Patrick Parfait. Liam Underwood, Connor Braid, Matt Evans, Gordon McRory, and Harry Jones. That's wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we yeah, we need a fly half. Um, hopefully yeah. Peter Nelson's the fly half. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that this this further proves the point of like this is the most important player to watch in this game, I think. Yeah. Um, at least from the Canadian side. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know how this answer is not Pat Peter Nelson. I mean, did, did you have, like, another guy? I mean, there's obviously all the additional guys that are going to be interesting. Um, you know, the one guy that, I, that, you know, I mentioned in our, our last podcast that I wanted to watch is Shane O'Leary. You know, he had such a, such a strong season in the – Coming off the bench tomorrow. Yeah. Coming off the bench, I would really like to see what he can offer as well. Um, hopefully he does get to start in one game. I think that uh, – he does have experience within the system, although he's been kind of in the wilderness, and that's kind of a story for a couple of these guys. Um, I'd like to see him kind of kind of play. I'm interested to see what Connor Keys can do. Um, you know, he he did he did play a lot in the uh, ARC, and he actually had a very strong game against this team, the Americans, in their last game. Um, you know, can he push Mike Shepard for uh, for that spot? You know, is Mike Shepard hurt right now? You know, that's. You know, nothing's really been said about him, and he's not even in the lineup. So I'd be really interested to see what maybe maybe Connor I, can pull a spot away from him, or I, or maybe I, just kind of chase what they've got. I kind of assume that all. I mean, barring if somebody else gets hurt, if somebody actually gets hurt during the Pacific Nations Cup, I kind of assume that all thirty-one players, or like I would at least like to see all thirty-one players get into a game. Yeah. Um. Prefer like and get some like meaningful minutes into a game too. Like don't just throw a guy on for the final like 
five yeah. minutes. Um, it's well, that's like people were, people were getting fired. The other people were getting fired up about Eric Howard not being named for this lineup, and it's like they've yeah. got three games. They're probably what what's probably going to happen is they're going to put their best lineup against Fiji in the next mm-hmm. game, and then they're going to kind of do a similar thing um, in the, their last game against, I believe, they, they play Tonga. Yeah, and, you know they'll put, they'll put out their basically this this will be you know Canada team B. They'll play Canada team A against uh, Fiji, and then they'll play Canada team C with similar pieces. Like you're going to keep our draw on, you're going to keep Phil Mackering, ETH um, in, and then you'll just kind of move other pieces around to see what you got. And that's well, what I, I imagine will be. Like. That's I think that that's part of you know the whole like this is. You know, this is Canada's. Like, we're into like this is the hardcore the the build up to the World Cup now. Mm-hmm. Um, we have you have your forty four man squad. You cut it to thirty one for the Pacific Nations Cup. You know, and it's like this is like this is like you're into the World Cup now. Like this, yeah. your brain's just all on the World Cup. You know, teams are announcing World Cup kits. Like we're fully yeah. fully into and unfortunately about the World Cup and like the, you're using like the Pacific Nations Cup. You want to. Obviously, you want to win all the games. You want to be, you know, you want to be the team at the top of the table at the mm-hmm. end of it. But the bigger goal of this tournament is figuring out your World Cup roster. And um, you know what? At the end of the day, um, Canada's a little bit behind the eight ball. You know, mm-hmm. the U.S., Fiji, Tonga, Samoa, all, all these other teams are in, in Japan all, that are all playing in this. They already knew that they were in the World Cup. You know, they've had they've had almost two years. You know, Canada didn't know until this past fall. Yeah. So where they could have had test matches in the fall, getting them, you know, doing this kind of thing, messing around, you know, testing things, some things out, they were fully trying to get in, period. So yeah. you know, we're a little bit behind the eight ball in terms of I mean, experiments and things. I mean, the U.S. are still doing that. Yeah. Um, you but know, I mean, like, their, their whole front row is, is, is a different mix-up. Yeah, I wouldn't really... Like other teams, obviously they were playing test matches in the fall, but I mean, I wouldn't really knock the the repechage tournament. Like, oh no, those are probably for some of the guys on this this roster. Um, whether it be the thirty one and all, like those are the th- uh, what did they play at the tournament? The three to four like biggest games they've ever played in. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, the, the pressure was immense. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, like, and who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe, and maybe, uh, maybe minus um, Ray Barkwell. That lineup is what what he what uh, Kingsley goes with. Yeah, exactly. You know, that, that I might be, you know, I might have been made wrong, and you know, throw Eric Howard in, and then throw Quatrener by Pyferio yeah. on the bench. That could be the exact same lineup. And you know what? They did very well, and you know they're gonna have guys like Connor Trainer and Taylor Parrison a little bit better of, of shape because they got a full season of uh, of rugby back in underneath them, and you know, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that is a very, very, uh, like, very true statement you just said. Yeah, like the, the repechage tournament. It's like obviously, you know, it's not the ideal situation to be in. You don't necessarily want to be put in that that position where you're like, you, this is like your last ditch effort. You know, if you lose, you, you if you lose, you're out of the World Cup until you know the next one in 2023. But you know, that's also like that's a really big situation to be putting your, yourself in, though. So I wouldn't. Like, I mean, obviously, the other countries playing some test matches. Um, but there's, like, yeah, like, but the, the pressure of actually, like, I feel like for some of those leagues, you can kind of see it sometimes, too, in some of those leagues that have promotion and relegation, where it's like, you know, the, the, 
the relegation games at the end of the year are sometimes more just just as exciting, if not more exciting than some of the 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 um excuse me, like the playoff games. Uh, yeah. End of those season, just because it's like there is there is a lot of pressure. A lot there's a lot like riding on it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I mean, even yeah, after, I, like rugby Canada, probably you know if they don't make the World Cup, maybe there's some like you know government funding and things like that, oh, right? Yeah. And at the World Cup, or you know that the Olympic qualifiers that the seven guys have to play. It's like yeah, if you don't qualify for the Olympics in Canada, it's like you do not get as much money. Yeah. Um, so it's like there's actually you know. There's, you know, if you miss, if you miss qualifications, things like that, that's, you know, you don't, people don't immediately get fired for like losing test matches and stuff, but like coaches will get fired if you don't qualify yeah. for both cups. Right. So it's like, you know, oh, yeah. if Canada those, didn't qualify for, for the world cup thing, Kingsley's gone. Every, probably everybody's gone. Everybody would have been gone. Yeah. It's like, but that's the thing. Like that's the, that's the pressure that you play with in that situation, which, you know, as much as like, maybe you would like to just be playing some of those other test matches, um, you know, like that, that's, that's a huge tournament. And those, those were massive wins for Canada to actually get there. So it's like, I wouldn't necessarily, you know, I want I don't want to say they're behind the eight ball too much. Cause they've, they've yeah. played some pretty, pretty big international games yeah. lately. You know, I, I wouldn't, I, I would agree with you if it wasn't for how, Disappointing it was to watch them in the ARC, you know, with some of the yeah, yeah. that they had. Yeah, you know, if 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 they didn't have any international games since then, I would have really been able to agree with you on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the ARC just kind of, and but yeah, then, they, you know what? the other thing is, it's almost an entirely different lineup. You look at the Repishage lineup compared yeah. to the ARC lineups, it's like night It's day. different, yeah. And e- yeah. even this this lineup, man, there's a lot of guys that played. Um, say Rob Brower, I think, is the prime example that was just like really used that Major League Rugby season to essentially force himself into a Canada journey. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, there's guys like Matt Heaton, you know, with with mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Rumball injured, you know, he had a pretty strong season overseas. You know, this is his chance, you know. And this, this is one question yeah. that I also had. So, um, you know, who do you think uh, needs to impress Kingsley here? You know, we've kind of talked – we talked about, um, you know, uh, Peter Nelson. Who else do you think needs to impress uh, Kingsley to kind of keep their spot? Everybody. Or to take a spot? Yeah, once again, everybody. Um, But for a more detailed answer – uh, I, for one, I think the that loose head prop position. I think right now, I really uh, Hubert Biden's is starting. Uh, Rob Brower is going to be coming off the bench. Um, I don't know. Like, it'd be interesting to see what the minute split is in this game. Um, uh, I think that's a big matchup. I think it's also huge that uh, Sears Duru is not in the lineup as well. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's. You know, again, hopefully, you know, he's going to be in one of these Pacific Nation Cups. Like, that guy probably has, might have some serious work to do to uh, find his way back into, yeah, a, yeah. like, the starting lineup here. Um, so, I think, like, that's a big matchup to watch. I think, that, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, if you're the loose head prop, it's like you really got to have a solid game. Because if you don't have a solid game, there's a guy, like, right behind you. Um, Andrew Quatrin, I'm really looking forward to too. I think uh, you know that's a the second uncapped player in the lineup behind Peter Nelson, and um, you know he's he had a really great Major League Rugby campaign as well. 
Um, so I think you know it's. it's I think his confidence guys, like, grew as the season went along. Quatch just got better and better and better. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you know, like that. Well, that's part. That's part of the. Honestly, that's part of the the awesome. The, that's part of like the the amazing part of what Major League Rugby is. Is it's. You know, not only these, but like even like uh, all the USA players that you know they they've like they've been playing like high level rugby like essentially since January. Um, yeah. You know, all the way through whether it was the ARC or whether it was a major league rugby game. Um, you know, all these guys have been you know like there's like all these guys are fresh are like fresh. They've been playing a lot. Um, you know, like they should be like they should be in like the top of their form as well. Like, ideally. Um, so it's, you know, like that, that all helps. It helps guys like Quatra and Brower, um, mm-hmm. to, to, you know, they can be like, all right, man, I didn't make the ARC team have an amazing stretch of 16, 17 games during the major league rugby year. And, you know, now you're looking at the Pacific nations cup and they're in serious consideration to be going to the world cup. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like it's, it's good for them. It's good for everybody involved. They made you know, it makes the selection of this roster a lot harder, which is a great thing for Canada. Um, so I think, like, th- those are some guys that I would definitely want to be keeping an eye on, too. Um, and, you know, like, e- even there's obviously, like, you know, the matchups, like, yeah, like, it'd be, like, Peter Nelson, like, how well does he click with, like, say, like, you know, Kern and Lesage in the centers or, you know, Mac at nine there. Um, what's the, you know even other things like that, what kind of like attack system is Canada going to go with? Um, you know, they've recently been kind of criticized for having a relatively simple attack. Um, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, if that develops at all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, it'd be interesting to see like what they're kind of going to go with there. Um, and, uh, you know, even again, like, yeah, I, I keep kind of coming back to Peter Nelson just because he's probably the most interesting. Well, and I think that's the, that's a very intriguing point too. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I think you mentioned the, the, the loose head. I think the tight head spot mm-hmm. is going to be also very interesting as well because yeah. they've got Cole Keith and, you know, uh, Matt Tierney and, and Jake Ilnicki, you know, they seem to be the forerunners in those uh, for that, that those spots going to Japan. But, I mean, Cole Keith, you know, he had a pretty strong season as well. You know, his ARC got a little bit better as the games went on and then also with uh, with being with Bruce. You start behind, you know, a really strong uh, tight head in, uh, in in Toronto. So he's gonna be something that's someone that's a. Re- I hope he has a really big game. And you know, uh, Aaron Castro of uh, Earful Dirt Podcast has been sending our Twitter account some some hate, some hate tweets <laughs> about about this upcoming game. But the one thing he mentioned it is going to be hot, and it is going to be like sixty percent humidity at kickoff. He- so those yeah, so those big- Toronto. That's Toronto, so you know some of these boys will be used to it. But you know, so I have a feeling that those big boys uh, will definitely be uh, subbing off a lot quicker than they would have in in their other games this year. Uh, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, the one other spot that I think will be interesting and it has to do with Peter Nelson is uh, Patrick Parfait at, at fifteen. And you know, the, this this the rugby community in Canada seems to have a hate on for for Patrick and I don't know I don't know the whole story I don't know why you know it seems to be because of his his father's legacy and you know everyone seems to think that he just kind of wills himself onto a team because of his father's name but you know you know Parfait played very well in what they needed for him with the arrows and I'm I'm excited to see what he has and I wonder 
with O'Leary on the bench, I wonder if what they'll do is sub Parfait off, throw Peter, uh, throw Nelson at 15, and then put O'Leary at 10, and then maybe halfway through the game they get to see Nelson at both fly half and fullback. So I wonder maybe if that's that's something that uh, that they've got cooking because that's what I would do. I would I, I want to see Nelson in both roles, yeah. and if you can get in one game against the same competition, you know it might mess up the flow a little bit in terms of the attack. But when when the game really doesn't matter other than points in the standings, you yeah. know I, I would give it a try. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, pa- Patrick Parfrey uh, played ten for a game with the arrows as well. Uh, so I mean, like that's that's he's, you know, I think I think part of the reason why he he's a good fit for the the squad in general is because he does have a little bit of that versatility. Oh, you um, know, ten center fullback. You know, he's yeah. kind of been all over the place and he's played well in every spot. So yeah, exactly. So it's like you know, uh, you know, some of those guys, man, being the uh, being versatility can go a long way sometimes. Um, but but yeah, I think. Uh, I agree with you. I think whether – I don't know if it necessarily needs to happen in one game, like the way you're suggesting here. Um, but I think – I mean, I think, yeah, you try to – you know, you try to mix things up a little bit. Um, even, you know, you could try DTH in a center spot too. Yeah. Um, just to I mean, see – I, I said, I said previously on a pod, podcast that I'd rather have him playing wing um, just because that is his best position, I think the best your best player should be playing at the best positions. But I don't see why you wouldn't, you know, try to. You still kind of maybe have to tweak around the lineup a little bit just to kind of see what you've got. So I think there's some guys that could be experimenting. Like you could have, you know, you could move if you wanted to. You can even move Kyle Bailey into lock and stuff just to see, like, you know, you could do things like that just to see some different looks on guys. Like you're trying to figure yeah. out what's best for you. Um, so. I mean, mixing it up is a good thing. I kind of agree that they should do that. I don't necessarily know if it should happen all within one game, but yeah, I wouldn't mind. Seeing I'm, it. I'm just a fan of maximum chaos. So yeah, I want, yeah, I want to see. I want to see. You know, I want to see Cole Keith play. You know, inside center. You know, I want. I want it all. I want to see it all. Yeah, yeah. That 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 that. that yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like, why not? It's like that that one game at the end of all like you know your minor league seasons where the coach is just like ah everybody can play the opposite position. For um, just just for fun, you know. You, yeah, I mean, yeah. You never know. Maybe, maybe there's like a secret, like fly half god in the forward pack. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, maybe Tyler, um, Tyler Ardron. Tyler Ardron. Well, actually, uh, it's interesting. So with uh, the Pan Am game starting today, uh, they they talked about how um, how Canada is, you know, back to back back-to-back sevens champions for the men's and then champions for uh for the women in uh in uh in uh 2015 i was actually at those those tournament but um can you guess how many guys are on this this pan or this this roster for the pacific nations that were part of the sevens team in 2011 because there's a few guys that uh that are on this team that I don't know if you guess or not. So how many guys? How, are, many, how many guys on, on the Pacific Nations roster uh, this year were on that that gold winning team in 2011? Sorry, how many guys are on the Pacific Nations Cup roster? Yeah, the, fi- the the senior 15s roster that are not so much the starting roster for for this game, but 
the 31 guys on, on the roster right now, how many of them were, were on the team in 2011 at the Pan Am Games? Oh, is it is it none? No, there's actually there's quite a few, actually. Um, dude, yeah, I'm trying to think of that roster. That's funny. I worked at the Pan Am Games, but because of my job at the Pan Am Games, I couldn't see anything, like, live. So Ooh. I was just, like, locked in. I was locked in. I did the uh, the transportation for the Pan Am Games. Oh, nice. So I, 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 went to the, I went to the last day of this, the, the rugby. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was, like, but, I, like, that, that was that was a fun time. That was a fun time, but it was, like, you're yeah. working, like, I think we were working like twelve-hour days minimum, like seven days, six, seven days, six to seven days a week sometimes. Um, so I didn't get to see a whole lot of the sports. Just my one kind of that was a fun time though. That was a good tournament. I liked it. Oh, so I don't know, man. How how many? So we've got one Connor Trainer. Okay, yeah. Two Taylor Paris. Three Phil Mack. Mm, yeah. Four Kieran Hearn, and the fifth guy was Tyler Ardron. Oh yeah! All right, there you go. And then, uh, just for just for for the American fans out there, the bronze medaling bronze medal Americans had Blaine Scully, Roland Shalom Suliuna, and Peter Tiberio. So yeah. a little bit of MLR love for those bronze winning Americans. Yeah. Well, uh, I think I think that's everything that we've got for today, um, Derek. One thing that we wanted to mention to everyone is. You know, we, we did miss talking about the uh, men's sevens program qualifying for the Olympics and also uh, the women's uh, summer series. Uh, we are going to be making uh, this podcast a little bit more uh, 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 weekly. So next week, once Pan Am's over, we kind of want to do a season-ending review about uh, the sevens program for Canada this summer. So we'll talk about uh, the, the, the HSBC series for both both countries. We'll talk about um, the the qualifier down uh, for for the men where they won, and then we're also going to quickly talk about the Pan Am uh, uh, tournament uh, that's going on this weekend. So we wanted to make sure that all the sevens got finished up before we kind of dive into it. And then uh, the week after, we're, we're hoping to find a guest to talk about uh, the, the the women's uh, super series because that is something that we want to kind of go. We want to find someone that's got a little bit more expertise than us about the women's, uh, and we thought that it was such an important tournament in terms of development for the country and development for the the, the global women's sport that we want to get a little bit more info about it. So uh, stay tuned in the next couple of weeks when we're going to be putting out a couple more podcasts. Uh, Derek, thanks again, man, for for uh, joining me today. Yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. All see right, guys. Week. Yeah, see you next week, and thank you very much. If you want to uh, get more information or more news about the podcast, follow us at LaRouge Rugby on Twitter. And uh, we are available on almost every podcasting platform, Apple, Google, uh, Anchor.fm is where our our platform is mostly found. So thanks again, guys, and uh, go Canada.